Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Joshua chapter 15, verse 63. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Go to chapter 16. That's the next chapter. And go down to verse 10. They did not drive out the Canaanites who dwell in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day and have become forced laborers. Go to chapter 17 now. That would also be the next chapter. Verse 12. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And it happened when the children of Israel grew strong that they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. Go down to verse 17 and 18, and we'll conclude with that. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power, You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its furthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. Father, thank you so much for what you've done already today and the moments now that remain. As I preach and teach your word, I pray that you release living understanding, that you would touch all those under the sound of my voice and those that will listen even in the future. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to give a shout out to Alan, who's online. Alan, we love you. Your whole family, bless you. So glad you're with us in Florida, in Missouri. So glad you're online in Texas today, in Dillingham, and in Bristol Bay. Let me ask you this question. What is it that you really want? What is it that you really want, and are you you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to fight for it? When I first gave my heart to Jesus, I I think I had a a mother in the church, and that's a a traditional name for someone who's been in the church for a long time, you know, a mother in Israel, a mother in the church, an auntie. Tell me, you're in the honeymoon stage right now, so enjoy it. And uh, I was. I was definitely in the honeymoon stage, was excited. I, I understood that the honeymoon stage never needs to end, and all the married people said, amen. amen. Honeymoon never needs to end. But I've noticed that as you grow up, as you mature, I've got two adult children now. My son's 18, soon to be 19 in October. My beautiful daughter uh, in uh, Springfield, Missouri, is uh, learning about knives and cooking and things like that. She, she took the end of her finger nearly off. Well, she did, and uh, they couldn't find the piece. It was terrible and uh, upsetting for us. We prayed. She prayed. We laid hands on it, had a group of, fam- group of kids get around, help. You know, her, I call them kids. They're not kids. They're in their 20s, but they're kids to me. Amen. So... They laid hands, they prayed, they believed God. You know, she went into the hand surgeon to see if she needed to have a graft. They pulled it off and said, well, 
It's not that bad. And now it, it's grown back. I mean, it's a total merit. It's, it needs a little, bit, a little bit more growth. Pastor Bruno said, man, it, let it grow bigger than her, than her middle finger. I said, no. <laughs> That'd be weird. They're like, what? I remember cutting my finger, and, uh, you know, uh, I was more careful with a knife after that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And accidents can happen to anybody, and we bind them now in Jesus' name. But I've found in my life with the Lord that God would just supernaturally take care of things for me right away. But, you know, when you were a baby, then, you know, so you had to have somebody change your shorts. Is that correct? Well, when you grow up, hopefully you, you learn to put your own on. I've seen, I've seen babies, and it's a phenomena. It's a uh, psychological, sociological thing where mothers are so attached to their children, they would, will not put them off their hip. And so literally, every time the baby cries, they're picked up. I mean, I, I, somebody told me, I don't know if it's true, but you can carry a baby so long that they end up with bowed legs because the legs are, I don't know if that's true. I just know that the ocean's an average depth of 17,000 feet. But I also know that you can hinder the development of a child by picking the child up. Did you know that the, uh, you know, the, the crawling helps to brain development? I, I, read, I read some of this, and I, I, think, I think it's true. If you don't allow your child to cry, your lung development, amen, Hannah has an amazing set of lungs. Yet as Christians, we think that it's all just going to happen. Many people think you're just going to waltz on over, do everything that God has for you. No, I've got newsflash for you. Newsflash, you're going to have to fight for what God said you could have. You're going to have to contend. You, you have to learn to fight and wage a good warfare with the prophetic word spoken over your life. You have to wage a good warfare building, case in point. You know, you're going to have this lighthouse. It's going to be this amazing thing. I think that year was like 2000 and. Uh, uh, two, 2003, we got that prophetic word. Of course, we didn't realize we had to sell the property, move here, stay here for 10 years, then buy it back. And, and then constantly have to contend, constantly have to pray, constantly have to fight. You're in a fight. Come on, somebody say you're in a fight. Now, the fascinating thing is it's a fight that, it's a fight that you've already won, but you need to enforce it. I said it's a fight that's already been won, but you need to enforce it. I do have notes, look at B, what you're willing to live with, you'll become. What you're willing to live with, you'll become. Let's say that. What you're willing to live with, you will become. What do you mean by that? If you're willing to live with idols, strongholds, we talked about strongholds not long ago. If you're willing to live with a lie and tolerate it, then that thing will eventually consume your life. You have to tear down every high and lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 33. I'm going to read from the New International Version, verse 52. And this is about that same section of Scripture. Numbers 33, verse, 50, verse 52 and following. Drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy, destroy all their carved images. How many? All their carved images and their cast idols. Demolish all their high places. Take possession of the land. Settle in it. For I have given you the land to possess. 
Distribute the land by lot according to your clans. To a larger group, give a larger inheritance. Smaller group, give a smaller one. Whoever falls to them by lot will be theirs. Whatever falls to them by lot will be theirs. Distribute it according to your ancestral tribes, verse 55. But, everybody say but. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side. They will give you trouble in the land where you live, and then you will, and then I will do to you what I plan to do to them. Whoa. See, well, that's the Old Testament, Pastor Daniel. That's not the New Testament. Now, the New Testament application is this, that God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. He gives you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and he calls you to be his ambassador. He calls me. He calls us to be his ministers of reconciliation. He calls us to have the teleos life, the, the full life, the life abundant. But many people live far beneath their God-given, blood-bought right that God's purchased for us because they allow for, the, for the, the Canaanites to stay in their head. They allow for an unequally yoked situation. They, they do all, they, we, we do stupid stuff. And allow for things to be in our lives that the Lord's trying to remove. He's given us everything we need. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. And we say, well, how come they're not removed? Because you have to remove them. You have to, I'm preaching, wave it, smile or something. Bump your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Yeah, you have, to, you have to renew your mind. You have to not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The new life comes as you renew your mind to the truth of what God's word says. God's word is truth. It's not an ambiguous blend of maybe. It is yes and amen. And when you get the word deep down in you and you begin to think it and act on it, faith is acting on God's word. Say that. Faith is acting on God's word. And if you'll act on God's word, then God will cause you and call you. He calls you he, and will cause you to be the head, not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. He will prosper you and help you in every area of your life. And he will give you the promised land, if I could say it that way. Now, the promised land is really two pictures the promised land is, of course, heaven, but it's also working in, it's walking in power and in influence for the kingdom of God here. Right. They didn't drive out the Canaanites. It was a command, drive out, a command, right in your notes, drive out all the inhabitants of the land, destroy their idols. So how does that apply? I'll just tell you right now. Drive out all ungodly thinking, Take every thought captive and make it obedient and slay all the idols. Every idol you have in your life. It's a warning that if you don't do that, that there are going to be barbs in your eyes. What? what? Lord, don't you love me? Yeah, but I told you to quit your pornography problem, to confess yourself, have somebody pray for you, set your life up. Maybe you shouldn't have a smartphone. If you're smart, maybe you shouldn't have one. If you have a trouble with a phone, you can't control it. There's no shame in that. You don't, don't let your phone take you to hell. Come on, let's, let's, let's raise our hands and say, well, hallelujah, pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Deuteronomy 7 and 3, New International Version again. Don't intermarry with them, talking to the Israelites about intermarrying with Canaanites. Don't give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. 
but they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. The Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. Well, how does that apply? Well, the Bible says it don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers in the New Testament. See, some of you think that you can go ahead and do missionary dating. So you're, the girl you're dating is really fine. You like her hair. She's got a great personality. She's filled with joy. She hates God and is an atheist, but you figure it's going to work out. I'm going to tell you, it's a bad match. Or let's pick on women. Well, he's, he's so handsome and he's so wealthy and he treats me like I've never been treated before. This is a real man. All other men were boys. This one, this one is a real man. Real men love God. And if he doesn't serve God, if he doesn't love God with all his heart, that, that real man thing will fade and he will trade you in for a newer model a few years from now, possibly. Don't ever be on, come on. <laughs> then you'll have to go to divorce care. Amen. We have, we have a precious lady who's new to our staff in another location. And in the interview process uh, of talking with her, um, they said, are you married? She said, no, I have not been married for 20-something years. I said, oh, were you married before? Yes, I was married. She said, you got divorced? She said, well, yes, pastor. Uh, I came home, and he was in bed with another woman, and I, I beat him and uh, went to jail for the weekend. I said, okay. Well, it was a long time ago, she says, pastor. I said, okay, praise God. Son of the blood, Amen. Amen. She says, yeah, 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 son of the blood. And then I, I came back, and then I beat her and went back to jail. I thought, oh. <laughs> hey, don't shout too much. That's, yeah. <laughs> she needed uh, divorce care. Amen. Where's God? Listen, divorce is not the end of the road. Let me say this to you. Somebody, I, I, I'm, I, I was divorced. Before I got saved, I had a horrible life. I was a, I was a wretch. God intervened and saved me, and, and my, my ex-wife now divorced me, and, uh, and she should have, and, and it was good that she did. Amen. Pastor Karen's also divorced. She was married to a Nepalese man before she was saved for one year. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So divorce is not the end of the end of the end of the end of your life. It's the beginning. Everybody say this is the first day of the rest of my life. Say it. So you know you don't want to intermarry. I, I kind of took a bunch of time on that, but it's very, very important. But you can you can intermarry in business. You can be unequally yoked in all kinds of places. And Israel was told, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. All right. Barbs in your eyes. Deuteronomy 20, verse 18. However, in the cities and the nations, the Lord God is giving you as an inheritance. Do not leave alive anything that breathes. Completely destroy the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded you. See, so, well, that's the Old Testament. But it still applies in that all of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, those, go do word studies on, on all of those. Those actually represent strongholds within your own life. You have to tear down the lust problem. You have to deal with your lust problem, otherwise you're going to end up being a casualty. And if you think getting married fixes your lust problem, sir, you're totally mistaken. Although Paul does say if you burn, you should get married. Amen. 
God will judge Israel. God will judge Israel and understand that God will also deal with you. And he has certainly dealt with me, and I inquire, I, 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 I'm asking him, Lord, if there's anything else that you want to deal with me, please, won't you do it? Because I don't, shock me now, I don't want to be shocked at your throne when I, at the judgment seat. We've talked about that. Come on, if you've got anything that's jacked up in your life, wouldn't it be great if God showed you? I don't like this church. Well, there's a whole lot more to come. You might want to find another one, because this is how we roll. Come on, real Christianity, the meat of the word is that which changes you and makes you more like, you're trying to control me. No, I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to introduce you to the one that will bless you and give you everything that you ever longed for, the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, as you delight yourself in him. Those things are an attempt to meet a need that you have that God will meet and bless you. You can't have your need met by a parasite or any other ite. We grieve over this statement here. They did not drive out the Canaanites. They did not drive out the Canaanites. Raise your right hand to God if you're serious about growing with the Lord. If you're serious about it, if you're serious about this walk that you have with Jesus, say this. Say, I will drive out all the Canaanites in my life, in my mind, in my thinking, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Canaanites, it doesn't, really, we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities that the Canaanite is not your husband or your wife. Right. So I'm going to drive that Canaanite. He's a, Pastor said he's a Canaanite. <laughs> Ways of thinking. And if you're unequally yoked and you're married, welcome to your ministry. Pray it through. If your spouse is willing to live with you, says the New Testament, then, then suck it up, buttercup. And, uh, and work it out. Let me say, that's hard. Well, fast, pray. Put oil in his shoes or her shoes or whatever. Do whatever you got to do to get to the other side. Come on, somebody say amen. So I wish I knew this when I was younger. And I thought he was handsome. And it... yeah, yeah, right. That's why I'm trying to tell you, don't ever be unequal. Let's move on. Amen. Why didn't they drive him out? It's the same reason you don't drive out the thoughts and things that you tolerate. The same things, they, the, the same, they didn't drive out the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, the Jebusites. They didn't drive them out for the very same reason that we deal and tolerate the lies and the, and the things in our lives. It's the very same reason. Understand, first of all, in, as we read this text, that God is still with them. And that there's still the same army that defeated, you know, all the foes prior to that. Of course, there's a new generation now. And they're in the promised land. Why didn't they drive them out? What was the problem? I think one of the problems was they got, their, they got paid before they did the job. Wally and, and uh, Lauren uh, are, are contractors of Shiloh Construction. We have many subcontractors and really the best in the land. We believe that. They're amazing. I mean, watching them pour the concrete, y'all did a great job. I just watched them. I said, man, these guys are like a well-oiled machine. It's just amazing. I've tried to pour concrete before. It didn't work out so good. <laughs> the only time I deal with concrete is when I'm putting in a new, a new uh, mailbox post. Nobody can see that. I just shove it in there and put dirt over it and call it good. Amen. These sidewalks are beautiful. Amazing. Okay. You never pay someone entirely 
before they finish. Note to self, it's a bad idea to, to pay someone fully. Now, of course, our subcontractors are honorable and all that, but generally speaking, that's not good business practice where you pay them to do the thing and then I, I can't tell you the amount of stories. I've people call me and say, Pastor, I had somebody come to do some work at my house and I paid them and where I haven't seen them and, I can, and they're not returning my phone call. I mean, every contractor, you guys know what I'm talking about? That happens. And I'm, I, I think maybe they got their inheritance, they got paid before they finished. I think they wanted to enjoy what they had before they finished the job. It was a real test. The task was hard. Instead of having a breakthrough, they decided to accommodate their problems. Let me say that again. What you accommodate, what you tolerate, you will become like. I don't know if it's this way for other pastors but, and preachers, but for me, I just seem to have to walk through all the stuff I get to preach. And I have been confronted with things that the Lord wants me to just destroy. And I'm in the process of destroying them. And some of them fall hard. Some of them are more challenging. I mean, it's like, it's almost like hardwired into your brain, into your soul. I mean, like maybe you were raised that way. Like your mama did things a certain way. Your daddy did things a certain way. And I find those patterns in my life, and I've had to, some of them are not healthy. Some of them don't matter. Other ones, not so good. Is it sin? If it, that which is sin to you is sin. If the person who knows the right he ought to do and doesn't do it to him, it is sin. You might not even see it in scripture, but you know it's the right thing. Then do it. If it's the right thing, do it. And many times, I don't, I haven't known what the right, I'm not talking about basic Ten Commandment right thing. I'm talking about you see something and the Lord tells you to do it and you, you turn away. You don't pick up the piece of trash. You don't go the extra mile. You don't do the thing. Then it's sin for you. I'm preaching. Come on. Someone say amen. amen. Trying to help you. And so I've found that at times I'm willing to accommodate things and it ends up being something that slows me down. And so the Lord's exposing stuff in my life, and I don't like it so much, but I asked him to do it. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You sing that song, Refiner's Fire. Anybody, we need another Refiner's Fire song. That's an old one, you know. Refiner's Fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. And, and you know, in that moment, you've, all your hair is standing on the end, and it's like you're weeping. I want to be holy. He's like, okay. I got you. And the blowtorch of God's exposing power comes upon your life. And you're like, oh, God, do you even love me, Lord? And you're, and you're, you're, you're writhing under the conviction of God showing you that, that that thing in your life he doesn't want you to have anymore. You prayed that prayer. That stupid prayer wasn't all that stupid. They didn't deal. Instead of having breakthrough, listen, if you're going to become all that God's intended you to be, you're going to have to fight. And if you don't fight, you will fall. They lacked faith. Oh, help us, Lord. 
Joshua 17, verse 16 and 17 we read, the hill country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who live in the valley that have iron chariots, both of those who are at Beth Shenan and its towns, those who live in the valley of Jezreel. In verse 17, Joshua spoke and said, there's a numerous peril that you are a numerous people and have great power. He says, I'm going to give them all to you, drive them out. I want you to say, I'm going to drive out everything that's not of God in my life. All right, how to, how to, how to complete, how to, how to finish what God's called you to do. We're in the closing months of finishing our building project. We can't let up. We can't hold up. We're going to finish. Can you say yes? Keep in mind, first of all, that God's promised you victory. And I want you to turn to this scripture in Romans 8, please. Just keys, if you would. Romans 8, turn there. Underline this in your Bible. Romans 8, New International Version, verse 31, famous passage. Come on, someone say, God's with me. Now, if God's with you, then you can do it. You can overcome. Romans 8 and 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Verse 35 of Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sakes, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord spoke to me just now when I was reading that text. Some of you are in a, you're in a demonic battle. Now, I, I know that the enemy hates all of us. That's clear. The Bible's clear about that. But some of you are struggling with things that you just think is a soul issue. Now, granted, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 6, the weapons of our warfare are not carnival, mighty to God of the pulling down of strongholds. You should turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse 3 and following. Mighty to God of the pulling down of strongholds. Go ahead, turn there. Come on, it's 1019. And there's nothing on Netflix that you can't watch later. My God. My God has given me everything I need. Made the land, he made the sea, he made you and me, and he's more than able to accomplish that which he spoke to you, spoke to me. He's a sun and shield, he's a strong tower. 
The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you and me. He can raise you up. He can heal you. He can set you free. Yes, he can. 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 Second Corinthians. I'd read it if I had a Bible. Thank you, dear. We demolish, look at verse 5. 4. On the contrary, we have divine power. Everybody say, I've got divine power. Say it this way. Say, I've got heavenly power. Heavenly power, divine power that made creation, that made you, that made me is stronger than anything else. And heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain, will endure forever. Oh, I know there's battles in Afghanistan. And I heard also that there's a, I would call it a rumor of war. It's a rumor. Here's a rumor. A rumor of war. And I say this to shock you out of the potential lulled sleep that you're in. It is reported that China is spreading throughout its nation the lies that the United States is a developer and the releaser of COVID-19. And they are now calling for war on a biological, on a biological level. They're, they're responding with biological warfare. On the contrary, I, I don't care. I don't know if it came from the U.S. of A. Or, 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 I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I just know that I have divine power. I know that I have divine power power. Say it. I know that I have divine power. I'm telling you, you've got to settle it in your mind that, that whatever is comes your way, the power of God, the blood of Jesus is stronger than any COVID-19 or COVID-21 or, or whatever's going to come. I'm not, I'm, I had that. Thank God he delivered me. And I pray for healing for all those that are battling against it. I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus is more. He can't, the enemy can't take your salvation. Don't worry about what he can do. Come on, I'm telling you, God is more than able. We have divine, come on, say it. I have divine power to demolish strongholds. And many people live a, a life that's anemic in God because they allow for Canaanites to take up residence. I'm preaching here, take up residence within their mind. You have to slay that thing. You have to tear it down. A stronghold is a mindset or a lie. And, and you know that from verse 5. Are you all there? This is a review of what I pre- It's 1023. Your children are okay. In fact, they're blessed. Everything's good. You can eat. I'll end it in a few minutes. Focus for a second. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. There's two Greek words here. Arguments and every pretension or a high thing. Arguments are exactly that. Thoughts. Thoughts arguments, reasoning in your mind. We demolish them. We demolish arguments that are against God's word. We demolish arguments that we, we, we can't do it. No, we can do all things through Christ. We demolish that thing. We demolish every lie. We tear it down. How? And I taught you this already, but it's a quick review. You get God's word on what God's word says about that thing. Then you get in the word about that lust, about that anger, about that greed, about whatever lie you've been believing. And like a howitzer, a 50 cal, you mow down the opposition. You mow down the lie and you discipline yourself to stop thinking it. 
Turn off Days of the Idiots. It's not helping you, or Days of Our Lives, or whatever it is. Turn it off. Quit, quit reading Harlequin romance novels, novels and start reading the Word of God. And then you miraculously will stop seeing, you know, blonde hair on your husband's shoulder. Can you say amen? amen. And it goes the other way. Men. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. If you're going to follow through, oh, I, I need to finish the thought, those two Greek words. So one is thoughts. The other one is high thing or cosmic power. There is, there is a connectivity. There's connectivity between what you think and the way that you live with demonic power that can be released on your life. Some of you don't like that, but I'm going to tell you, every time you get up in the middle of the night to go get on your device, you're opening up a portal to, the, to, the hell, to hell. When, when you don't obey God. Listen, God's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. Look at your notes. Keep in mind you're the key to your future. Satan's power is parasitical. I have to go back to that word. Some of you are fighting a demonic battle. In other words, you've opened a portal for demonic power to manipulate you. You can close that thing by renouncing that thought and those actions, closing those doors, and setting your life up to walk in victory and power. Some of you think of yourself as a dirtbag or a loser. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What, what, you, what you meditate on, what you behold, you will become. So if you're constantly coddling and nurturing and nursing your sin problem, it's going to destroy you. Get rid of the, get rid of the Perizzites. Get rid of the Amorites. Get rid of the Canaanites. Utterly destroy every idol. How? Keep coming to church. And if we've offended you, give us two shots, two more times at least, if it's your first time here. Keep coming to Kings. Keep growing. Get in the Word. Get accountable. Get... Get in relationship with people that'll love you and walk with you and, and pray with you. Get in prayer. You're the key to your future. I really wish that God would just do it. I want him to just do it all. But as I've matured and am in the process of maturing, I'm glad he does it. Because my faith has grown by taking down the different Canaanites in my own life. I happen to be facing another one. It's not this big major sin, but it's major to me. You understand? And, I, and I'm, I'm, I, have to, I have to continue to fight against that thing. And it's changing. Slowly, mind you, it's changing. Come on, I can be more Christ-like. I can be more like Jesus. Can you say, I can be more like Jesus? I... Satan's power is parasitical. Romans 6 and 16. We're closing. Here we go. Don't you know that when you offer, mm, when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, is anybody listening? Bump your neighbor and listen. When you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey. Whether you're a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to disobedience, which, or obedience, pardon me, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, 
You have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that is now claimed your allegiance. You have to break bonds with the enemy. And if you don't, it will consume you. The flirtatious thing you do with that girl at work, the text that you're, that you're doing with the, your high school sweetheart that, you're, that your wife doesn't know about, that your husband doesn't know about, the, 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 the messaging that you, oh, come on, I'm trying to get through to you. Confess your sins one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. I don't know what you're battling, but take it head on and drive it out of your life. Why? Because if you don't, you'll become like them and you'll end up losing. Your faith in God releases God's power. Come on, somebody say yes. You can make it. God's given you everything that you need for life and godliness. What you bind is bound. What you were loosed is loosed. Matthew chapter 18. It's a, a real set word in this house, and I've preached it many times, but you have power. There is connectivity between you, your thoughts, your actions, and the heavenlies, cosmic power. See, you know when revival happens? Is it we're already in revival? Maybe. Revival happens when enough people throw off the lie and the heavens are cleared and they open and the power of God comes down and people get saved by the thousands. That is what is going to happen, but it will not happen. You have to take personal responsibility over your life, over your thoughts, over your marriage, over your money, over your kids. Take personal responsibility. You don't understand. No, just get a grip. You become more like Jesus and everything will change. Amen. Get connected. Be a part of these life groups. Be a part of these teams. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control its outcome in our lives. Keep in mind that the weapons you fight with are not carnal. They're mighty. Let's finish it. Let's complete it. Let's finish what Jesus started. Let's subjugate the land. Let's reach the lost. Let's, let's heal the sick. Let's, let's bring the gospel of the kingdom of God everywhere, starting with us, starting with our marriages, with our family, with our kids. Come on. Can, can you say yes? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.